all the animals which have low antioxidative status, they are subclinically ketotic, but it's not because they are subclinically ketotic that they have lower antioxidative status. And it's only the ones which have lower antioxidative status that really show lower milk production. Welcome back, everyone, to the Dairy Science Digest. This is a podcast designed to bring the Journal of Dairy Science straight to the ears of dairy producers. I'm Reagan Blue with the University of Missouri Dairy Team, and today we're meeting with Dr. Fierle Fies from Ghent University in Belgium and her PhD student, Ming-Chief Zhang. And today we're going to discuss the observations that were made while they were looking at oxidative stress in the transition dairy cow and tie that back to the relationship of her metabolic status and what role that might have played with it. So we know in the dairy industry that we've made strides towards monitoring metabolic parameters with handheld monitors and strips, but really capturing the status of a cow's immune function is a bit foggier. And so I'm eager for our discussion today to learn about these findings that have been summarized in an article in press in the Journal of Dairy Science titled Transition Cow Clusters with Distinctive Antioxidant Ability and Their Relationship to Performance and Metabolic Status in Early Lactation. So before we get going, welcome to Dairy Science Digest. Could you please introduce yourself a bit to the audience? Thank you very much. Myself, I'm Ville Fievé. I'm a dairy nutritionist. Uh, my focus is on animal nutrition. And then we zoom in on the metabolism in the rumen, the link with eating of the cows, and how we can monitor both the rumen status as well as generally transition status. You bet. My name is Min Chi Zhang. I'm a PhD student from Ghent University, and my promoter is Professor Wille. So my research are more focused on the transition period. You know, the transition period from the pregnancy to lactation is a very important period for those highly productive dairy cows. So I'm more focused on the, the complex interaction between the metabolic oxidative and inflammatory status during the transition period. And to gain the insight into the, let's say, physiological dynamic and health outcome during this period. Fantastic. And this is, this is your project. You worked closely with these cows that were transitioning from the dry period into early lactation to study those interactions. And she's such a, a beautiful beast. And it's curious how this all intertwines. And we're trying to get a glance inside on how these interact. So we'll be speaking with you primarily today. And I, I was wondering if you could give a brief overview of what what oxidative damage is? What were you really looking at trying to measure? As you know, during the transition period, there are a lot of stressors for the cows. So in the previous studies, they already characterized the oxidative stress is one of the main stressors for the cows. In some studies, they do see the relationship between oxidative stress and metabolic stress and also the inflammatory status. And in some case, if you see cow with a very high oxidative status, which may 
negatively correlated with the milk yield, milk production, and also it's highly correlated with the health data of these cows. So it's very important to look at the antioxidant ability of these cows. So in our study, how we evaluate the antioxidant abilities, actually we, we checked one side is the outcome, the oxidative damage outcome. On the other hand, we also look at some enzymes, for instance, the FOD, which forms the first barrier of the whole antioxidant system. And in this sense, we see the balance of these two sides to see whether this cow have a, a decreased antioxidant ability or not. Mm -hmm. There were really two groups here, two breakpoints. We had with ketosis or without ketosis, and then we had cows that had higher antioxidant ability or lower antioxidant ability. And so we really wanted to look at the relationship in your data set. You were trying to find and determine, is there a relationship between ketosis and the cow's antioxidant ability? Is that right? Yes. Very good. And so we used these blood samples and analyzed. And can you talk a little bit about the metabolic parameters that you measured in the blood? Did you find an impact of any of those metabolic parameters on oxidation? Yes. So uh, for us, actually, the most significant one is the BHPA. As you mentioned before, BHPA is the ketone body and produced in the liver. And this excessive amount of this BHPA originates from the beta oxidation of the NIFA. But in our case, we didn't see a significant difference in NIFA, but we see a significant higher BHPA in the lower antioxidant group. Yeah, I saw in, your, in the discussion near the end of the paper talking about how during early lactation. We know that there's going to be a negative energy balance. We know that she can't keep up with her dry matter intake. And so we know that NIFAs fill that void. It's only a problem. It seems to only be a problem when it gets out of control and exceeds that threshold. And you start to see the beta hydroxybutyrates spilling over. And that's kind of what you were, what your data indicated. Is that, is that correct? We do see the NIFA concentration tends to be higher after calving in the low antioxidant ability group compared with the higher antioxidant ability group. And we do see a significant higher BHBA in the lower antioxidant group, which may suggest that the enhanced metabolic activities in the lower antioxidant ability group. We are saying that the ketosis should not always be considered as a problematic because we didn't see the drop of milk production, but we do see those cows with a lower antioxidant ability. They have a decreased production, so it's not the NIFA, it's about the ketosis. Because that's indeed quite important, I think, in all the animals which have low antioxidative status, they are subclinically ketotic, but it's not because they are subclinically ketotic that they have lower antioxidative status. And it's only the ones which have lower antioxidative status that really show lower milk production, not the ketotic ones in general. I believe that listeners have learned a lot about ketosis and a lot about some of the metabolic challenges that happen to the cows, but maybe we don't hear enough about oxidative stress and damage that, that can occur during that transition period of time. 
Could you talk a little bit about what does oxidative stress look like? I think we can look at a cow and, and smell a cow that's ketotic. Can you look at a cow and tell if she's going to have a strong antioxidant activity? We can't smell it. There's also not um, cow site tests like we have with the keto sticks. So in this respect, he wanted really to make the link beta hydroxybutyrate and with ketosis because if we could say there's a one-on-one relation between ketosis and the oxidative status or an impaired oxidative status, yeah, then it would be easy. <laughs> then we could relax, let's say, because what is causing the oxidative stress, it's a balancer. And we know that the supply of non-esterified fatty acids, when the cow is metabolizing adipose tissue, that's a huge input, of course, of products which can be oxidized and which can cause then oxidative stress. On the other hand, on the other side of the balance, you have the antioxidants and the antioxidants that can be used, let's say, are two sides. You have endogenous antioxidants, the enzymes which Minchi was referring to on the one hand, and on the other hand, external antioxidants like vitamin, vitamin E or vitamin C, which could be added in diet. We didn't look at the external antioxidants in this study, but we tried to see, okay, if a cow in the transition period is encountering a lot of mobilization and is encountering some oxidative challenge, is that cow responding also by balancing it herself? And that's these enzymes which were assessed because the idea is there. Maybe the cow can mobilize whatever she wants as long as she can keep her own balance. And to assess this then, whether she can keep her own balance, we checked for end products. That's this MDA, malon dialdehyde. That's an end product of the oxidation of lipids. In this case, if we see this appearing, she was not successful in coping with it. And we look at how is this enzyme profile, let's say, responding. Yes, it's a very complicated analysis. And so the clustering of 110 transition animals were ultimately what was included in the data set. And these cows were around 1,500 pounds of body weight, and they were entering into lactation well. You reported 106 pounds of energy-corrected milk. And so they're, they're they're doing it. They're on a partial TMR with component-based feeding, adding to the, the energy of that ration. And these cows were, you were trying to capture that oxidative stress. So it's not like a single parameter. So that's why we used the clustering analysis to cluster these cows. So how to achieve this, I don't know. We include a lot of variants. You've got a beautiful figure, figure six, that has a scatter plot of individual observations looking at the antioxidant ability, the beta-hydroxybutyrate levels, all postpartum. So what, what figure six clearly reveals is that only one out of 19 animals from the high antioxidant activity group belonged to ketotic. And three out of 31 cases that were non-ketotic, only three of them were low antioxidant activity. So interestingly enough, that suggests that these cows with higher antioxidant activity in early lactation 
rarely develop this metabolic disease, like high beta-hydroxybutyrate acids or um, high ketones. Yes, on the other hand, if you look at the ketose cases, 10 out of 20 are the lower antioxidant ability cows, so which means these ketosis cows are not automatically become the lower antioxidant ability cow. So we are still trying to figure out the inter-animal variability about what kind of mechanism protects them become weaker. If I could be, if I could admit my ignorance a little bit on the on the oxidative stress side of things, I understand how NEFAs can add to the cow's oxidative status where there's free radicals floating around that can damage the cells. But I don't exactly understand oxidative damage and immune function and the correlation between immunity and oxidative action. Well, in here, we are not going very deep inside about the immune response or inflammatory status. Here, what we have is two, the SAA and the heptoglobulin. These two are, are the marker of the acute pace response. So acute pace response is, is part of the inflammatory processing. So here we want to see uh, whether they are different between the groups, but, but in our results, we didn't see any differences between it. In the previous studies, they report cows, but more on the before calving stage, they do see the cows with a higher acute pace response have a lower dramatic intake, which may influence the intake of antioxidants and therefore to influence the antioxidant ability. Well, I think one of the things that Minchi referred to and your question related to what is the link with between inflammation and this antioxidative uh, stress would, in fact, maybe indeed it's more indirect. We thought that cows which are inflamed could have a lower dry matter intake and then they have also less access, let's say, to external or dietary antioxidants. And on the other hand, most often these cows which have a lower intake, they will mobilize more fatty acids. So the load in terms of potential oxidative stress becomes higher and the other side of the balance, the external antioxidants might become lower. So we do see during the dry period that the cows which have this low status, they have a lower dry matter intake. I think the dry matter intake is indeed one of the essential things in the whole transition. As, as long as you can keep your cow eating, then she has, no. <laughs> yes. And this, we see this confirmed again. Huh? The, um, here, the ones which are encountering some impairment of eating, they go to this lower oxidative status and having this higher um, or this lower milk production. And it's not the mobilization as such. It's not even the, uh, the production of uh, ketone bodies. We don't say that the analysis of the ketone bodies 
is not of interest because what we do see is that all the cows which have a low oxidative status, they also produce <laughs> ketone bodies. So there is this link, but it's not because they produce <laughs> ketone bodies that this is immediately a sign that there is something wrong. It might be a good adaptation maybe of that cow. You were able to definitively see that those lower antioxidant cows had higher beta-hydroxybutyrate, and they tended to be higher also in non-esterified fatty acids. So these are the girls that just don't read the book. They just don't decide to eat, and they tend to mobilize more fat, and as a result, you start to see a decrease antioxidant activity. Relates a bit to what I have been saying before also at this balance. So what we do have the suggestion that the cows which are showing a lower oxidative stability or status are mobilizing more fats. So they have a higher non-esterified fatty acid concentration in the blood, NIFA concentration in the blood. But this is only a trend. Where we do see the significant effect is with the metabolic parameter BHBA, where all the animals which have a lower antioxidative status, they always have a higher BHBA concentration. So this could indicate that not only in terms of oxidation, oxidative stability, the cows are somewhat impaired, but also from the metabolic point of view. So these cows are mobilizing a lot and they are mobilizing too much to have everything oxidized, let's say, in the Krebs cycle. So you get some ketosis and you might get some overload in this balance of oxidative um, stress. But it doesn't mean that all the cows which are mobilizing a lot, that they encounter this metabolic stress. What would you like boots on the ground dairy producers to learn about your research project? What What's the one take-home message? Well, I think the take-home message will be in our study, we see the ketosis cases with no association with the reduced milk yields, but we do see the differences in cows with uh, impact antioxidant ability. So these cows have a lower milk production. So maybe we can suggest that sufficient dietary antioxidants supplies could be helpful to to alleviate the metabolic stress of the transition cows to help them to maintain a better state of, of the redox status. Are there dietary ingredients that they could include to improve the antioxidant activity in their fresh cows? For example, vitamin E and some trace minerals also helpful for the cows to build a stronger antioxidant system. In terms of the trace elements that Minchi referred to, it's for instance selenium because that's a part of one of the enzymes, in fact, which are then endogenous antioxidants. Very good. 
Well, I this has been very informative, and I want to thank you guys so much for your time. And listeners, I applaud you for taking time out of your day today to learn about how this oxidative damage in your transition herd could be impacting the metabolic disease that you might be seeing. I've really enjoyed our conversation, and this has been the July edition of Dairy Science Digest, a monthly podcast project designed to bring the Journal of Dairy Science straight to your ears. We highlight peer-reviewed research articles that are actively impressed for the Journal of Dairy Science. It's sound science that you can base your management decisions around provided by your University of Missouri dairy team. So be sure to like, share, and subscribe to get future editions straight to your cell phone. This is Reagan Bluell with the Dairy Science Digest, and I hope you have a great day.